happening, everybody? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's December 7th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble Locals and YouTube. Share, subscribe, tap the notification bell, and feel free to join us after the show for a postgame, rubinreport.locals.com, which is where we'll be taking some questions from today. And as a reminder, the new DaveRubin.store is up right now. I think we've got an image. Is there an image? Over here. Somewhere. There we go. We got an image. Hoodies, hats, mugs, and more. Could there be anything better for your family, for Hanukkah, for Christmas, for Chrismica, Kwanzaa, whatever you do, we've got this stuff for you. Happy Hanukkah to all the Hebrews out there. Of course, uh, tonight is night one of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the ancient story of the Hebrews, the Jews defending their land, the Judean hills uh, from the Greek invaders. Of course, the Judean hills are in what we now call, unfortunately, the West Bank, but that is uh, part of Israel to the dismay of Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and the rest of the Hamas caucus. Uh, we're going to put out a video, I think a little bit later today, explaining a bit about Hanukkah that hopefully we can get to the Hamas caucus so that when they're congratulating and welcoming and telling people, oh, happy Hanukkah later today, they'll understand it's a little bizarre because they're also saying that the Jews shouldn't live in that place while you're wishing them, uh, you know, a festive holiday season. Uh, but today uh, we will be covering the final debate, which was last night, the final Republican debate. Uh, I do want to be upfront. Yes, there are the candidates, apparently, although there's really only one person up there who's truly running for president, and then there's an orange man that he's running against. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but I do want to be upfront. I did not watch the debate live. I was uh, out to dinner with my team here, and I've got a buddy who is moving to Florida, who was looking for houses all day yesterday with his girlfriend, moving to the free state of Florida, leaving an undisclosed blue state, and I wanted to show him a good Floridian time. So it is only in this morning that I got caught up on all the clips and all the viral stuff and all that. We're just gonna dive in and then I wanna at the end just kind of lay out a little bit of what really is going on here because what really is going on here has very little to do with what happened uh, at that debate last night. So why don't we just dive in? But well, actually before we do, how about an ad? Somebody's gotta pay the bills around here. Guys, I wanna share something truly exciting. Picture this. An investment opportunity that's been quietly generating substantial income outside the chaos of the stock market. This isn't your typical stock bond or option. It's something bigger, something that's been delivering incredible returns. We're stepping into an unprecedented energy bull market akin to the booming 70s where the demand for oil is skyrocketing. Think about it, China's hunger for energy, the US replenishing reserves, and global, global conflicts altering the oil landscape. With Russia's exports disrupted and OPEC scaling back, oil supply has plunged precisely when demand is soaring. Predictions are in, brace yourself for much higher oil prices. Global demand is set to hit a staggering 101 million barrels per day, driving prices and royalties to new heights. But here's the game changer, oil and gas royalties. Picture collecting income without the roller coaster ride of drilling, exploration costs, or workforce management. You just sit back and reap the rewards of oil sales. Now the golden opportunity we're talking about, a Permian Basin royalty stream, the crown jewel of oil reserves. Warren Buffett's wager to cool 12 billion on this region. And listen to this, while stocks, bonds, and cryptos stumbled, this royalty stream soared with a staggering 149% returns in 2022 alone. Quarterly revenue growth boasting an astounding 717% and over 42 mil in revenue over the past year. Consistency is key, right? Well, this royalty stream has been serving up monthly dividends 
uh, monthly dividend payments without fail since 2000, 276 consecutive months of steady income. So listeners, imagine being part of this success story. Don't let this opportunity slip by and step into an investment that's proven lucrative and ready to fuel your financial future. Go to 2024oilboom.com or click the link below and get started today. Okay, so let's just dive right into the bait. I'm gonna do a little bit of just kind of the drama, the fireworks, the viral stuff. Then we'll get into the substantive stuff. And then I'm going to lay out what I think is going to happen for the next month until we hit that Iowa caucus. Uh, and then a few other primaries that will happen right after that. Let's start with uh, Vivek, who I've, you know, I've had my frustrations with Vivek, but here he basically just blows Nikki out of the water. This was really the viral clip of the whole night. I want to say one thing about the tie to Ukraine, if I may. So foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to note that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's her puppet masters right there. The donors, the donors right there that are playing about the puppet masters. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, credit where credit is due. Vivek is right. Vivek is right. I, you know, and I'll tell you this, I don't think I can name three provinces in Eastern Ukraine either, but I haven't been calling for intervention in Ukraine. Actually, since the day this thing started, I've been going, uh, we got to figure out what's going on here. Putin's got nukes, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to make this about me. But the point is that Nikki and some of the more neoconish or hawkish foreign policy people have been pushing us on this Ukraine thing. Congress and the Senate have been endlessly funding it. And it's like, we don't really know what's going on on the ground. We don't know where the money is going. Remember when I had Rand Paul on the show a couple months ago and he said, hey, maybe we could fund some of this stuff, but could we at least just get some receipts on what's happening with our money? And we cannot even get that. So her blank stare there, uh, that that ended, Nikki. Like I, I think that just ends it. I think it it there was it was never really real in the first place. Again, I, I personally like her. She is a lovely woman. She has been to my house for dinner, but he he just ended this thing. Uh, and speaking of ending ending this thing, uh, Chris Christie then just uh, went after Vivek just right after that. Okay, you Tell say this. You, you do this. You do this at every debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to I'll say tell you what. Exactly no, what I, I said, Chris. I'm not I'm done yet. Well, this now is now look. This is nonsense. This is This is the fourth debate. The fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So <laughs> shut up for a while. I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence 
Not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. <laughs> And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting so her. So I want to take this several times over. So first of all, I think we just learned something from Chris Kister. All right, I don't want to spend too much time on all this because you guys know this is all a sideshow. These are not people who are going to be president uh, at all, right? But there were a couple interesting things there. The 12-year line was kind of good, the way he hit Vivek on that. Uh, but the thing about Christie sort of b being like, don't insult her intelligence, well, I will give Vivek credit. It was a good line. It was a good line. Name some provinces. You want to send all this money out there? Name some provinces. That's not going after her intelligence. That's going after her competency or basically her understanding of this region of the world that they want to give hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to. Uh, so, okay, we're just, we're almost through the, the drama. Here's uh, just one more with a little, a little zinger. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Chris, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor. Just walk yourself off that stage, enjoy a nice meal, yeah. and get the hell out of this yeah, race. Uh, when it comes to Nick... Okay, zing, he's fat, we get it, fine. Now I want to get to some, subst some substantive stuff, because one of the things that came up and has consistently come up is that Ron DeSantis doesn't just say the things that he's going to do. He has a track record of doing all the things that he says. And Nikki Haley accused Ron DeSantis of not signing a bathroom bill here in Florida, meaning that it would stop boys from going into girls' bathrooms. Uh, take a look at this. And this shows how hypocritical Ron continues to be. When he was running for governor and they asked him about that, he said he didn't think bathroom bills were a good use of his time. You can go look that up. I signed a bathroom bill in Florida, so but that's obviously say, no. not true. <laughs> so the idea that you would say that I, I was against it, you that. didn't. You killed it. I signed it. I we stood didn't. up for little girls. You didn't do it. And there was this going on. I was actually just in South Carolina. Some of the legislators told me at the time there were boys going into the girls. That's the there whole reason not. why they no, did no, it. No, 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 no. And so they say when she does that explanation that that doesn't hold water. And this is the upstate of South Carolina. Ron, I signed the bill. I protected the girls. Do you know girls. South Carolinians? She did not do, do you know it. South I know Carolinians that. Because <laughs> okay. Putting aside the little tit-for-tat drama, yes, Ron DeSantis did sign the bathroom bill. She completely made that up. Here you go. I'm not going to read the whole thing for you, but it's HB 1521. Ron DeSantis signed it, and it stopped boys from going into girls' bathrooms and girls from going into boys' bathrooms. Nikki Haley never signed such a bill, so she flat-out lied. And once again, and, and this is the competency issue that DeSantis has, just saying the right thing and saying the truth, it doesn't go viral, but I think for those of us that actually care about the truth and care about competency and care about America, we have to just stand up and, and reiterate when actual truth is, is presented on that stage. Uh, here's DeSantis going a little bit further on Haley when it comes to uh, women's sports. 
And I also say that biological boys shouldn't be playing in girls' sports, and I will do everything I can to stop that because it's the women's issue of our time. Listen, All right, I have legislation to protect women's sports. I actually get this stuff done. Yeah, again, it's quick, but it's him saying, I've done it. I've done it. I'm the one that signed the stuff, right? So they, she's saying, okay, I'll do it. I will do it when I'm president. I'm going to keep girls out or keep boys out of girls' sports. And DeSantis, again, just, I've done it. And in some ways, maybe that should have been DeSantis's tagline the entire time. Like, I've done it. Whatever you f- people are complaining about, I've done it. And that goes for Vivek Trump and, and Christie, too. Every time they try to hit him, he's done it. Uh, DeSantis then, he, you know, he doesn't go on the attack that often because he's usually just defending his record and laying out what his vision is. Uh, but, you know, there was this big moment about a week and a half ago when Nikki Haley said that she wanted to uh, unanonymize some people online, meaning if you have a burner account on Twitter or just an anonymous account that we should not allow for these accounts. Uh, she said that everyone should have to have an ID with, with these accounts. Uh, here's DeSantis going after her on that. But having said that, I never said government should go and require anyone's name. That's false. She said, I "I want your name. She president of the United States, her first day in office, she said, one of the first things I'm going to do I said we were going to get the millions of bots. She wants government ID to dox every American. That's what she said. You can roll the tape. She said, I want your name. And that was going to be one of the first things she did in office. And then she got real serious blowback, and understandably so, because it'd be a massive expansion of government. We have anonymous speech. The Federalist Papers were written with anonymous writers. Jay, Madison, and Hamilton, they, they went under pubulus. It's something that's important, and especially given how conservatives have been attacked and, and, and they've lost jobs and they've been canceled. You know the regime would use that to weaponize that against our own people. Okay. Okay, it was so, a bad so idea, and she could own up to it. Man, we just don't deserve the guy. I mean, he's talking about the Federalist Papers and the importance of anonymous speech and why it would be an expansion of the federal government, all those things. And Nikki just 100% lied. We played you that clip about two weeks ago when she said she wanted the name. So 100% she lied there. She did reference bots as well, that there's another problem with bots. And I've talked about this a million times. You guys get it. There's a problem. There is some issue with having all of these anonymous accounts that behave horribly, but that doesn't mean the government has a right to take away their free speech. And there's a separate issue about bots and AI and everything else. So anyway, he, he just calmly lays it out. She just flat out lied. I want to show you one uh, video. This is from the official Ron DeSantis account, and they put this up right before, uh, because all for all everything I've shown you so far, Vivek going after Nikki and Nikki and Christie defending, and da, 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 none of it matters, because those three people, Vivek, Nikki, and Christie are not really running for president. They're doing whatever they want to do for the rest of their careers, and, and that's just fine. That's what politics is. But there is only one guy running against Donald Trump in reality. It's Ron DeSantis. And you may remember that I asked him a little while back, like, how do you get the ride or die Trump people? And he put this on his account right before uh, the debate. What's your message to the ride or die Trump people? Nobody in, in the United States, in the Republican Party, has delivered more on America First policies and principles than me. Uh, If you look at illegal immigration, uh, we've banned sanctuary cities, we've cracked down on human smuggling, we even sent illegal aliens to beautiful Martha's Vineyard. We've put our money where our mouth is. You talk about things like China. We've banned the purchase of land by the CCP and its affiliates in our state. We got rid of things like Confucius Institutes 
and we crack down on their influence of universities. Uh, you look at what we've done for expand Second Amendment rights with constitutional carry. Look at what we've done to fight against the woke agenda, whether it's fighting Disney involving education or fighting this ESG movement, which is really bad for our economy and for American families, the way they're going after domestic energy production. You want to talk about draining the swamp? There's one guy in this entire country that's ever taken action against Soros-backed prosecutors, and that's me. And we've removed two of them from office who were not following the law and were putting their political agenda over public safety. I cleared out the election supervisors in South Florida when I became governor. We've banned Zuckerbucks, we've banned ballot harvesting, we have universal voter ID, and we even have an election crimes police force in state government which prosecutes voter fraud. So we have the best election integrity in the entire country. So I think in terms of delivering on these things, nobody's delivered more than I have. And everything I promised the voters I would do, I've delivered on and exceeded those promises. And so you've got a guy like me going in there, you know, you'll have two terms of somebody that the people in Washington do not want to see up there. The corporate press does not want to see me up there. And the Democrats don't want to see me up there because they realize I don't just say this stuff in a campaign season. When I tell you I'm going to do something, I follow through and I do. That's Connor said to me in the middle of that, but he didn't say anything funny up there. And it's like, maybe that's where we're at as Americans. Maybe that's the state of the country in 2023 and we will get exactly what we deserve. He didn't lie last night and he doesn't lie on stage and he is a decent man. And in that little clip right there, which is unedited, that was, the, that was one answer that he gave me over the course of a minute and a half, he laid out what he's done and he has done all of those things and he has fought all of the right fights and everything else. Then I want to show you one other thing. It's not from the debate last night, but it is from uh, Donald Trump on with Sean Hannity two or three days ago. Uh, and Hannity asked Trump what he thought of the DeSantis-Newsom debate. Well, I saw one person on who I actually had a very good relationship with, but I'm sure that it would end very quickly. I saw him in your debate the other night and he's slick, but he's got no facts. You know, he's got no facts. Uh, I thought he did well, considering... You're talking about Gavin Newsom. Yeah, considering that he didn't have the facts, I thought he did well. You know, he said, <laughs> we have the lowest taxes in the country. We have the cleanest streets in the country. We're, and I'm saying, wait a minute, is he talking about the same place? I'm so over this thing. I'm so over this thing. He says everything and nothing at the exact same time. Considering he didn't have the facts, he did well. So what do you mean? Because he lies about everything, but his suit fits right. What, what Trump means, and Trump likes that, Right? Trump's a TV guy, so he is impressed when someone can just lie and smile through the lie and their hair is slicked back. Trump does like that. He, instead of he, what he could have done, if you're up by 50 points, Don, what you could do is be like, you know, Ron DeSantis did a nice job Ron, because Florida is a good place and that's why I live there and that's why all my children live there and that's why all my grandchildren live there and he was the best on COVID and I think I, he, I just think I would make a, for a better president because I didn't get to finish the job last time and I could, he can lay out a case for himself uh, and he can actually say some good things about DeSantis which everyone knows would be true and that would be honorable but I know that that's not the, the road that he wants to go down. Instead, it's, I, I, I think he did well. You know, he, he, he's a liar but I, I think he did well, you know, I think, uh, you know, considering that he didn't have the facts and it's just, it's gross and it's boring and it's tiresome and it is not going to resolve anything and I think most people actually know that. I really do think most people actually get it. So we are going to need 
someone who will tell the truth. We are gonna need someone who's gonna say, those are the things I'm gonna do and then go do them. We're gonna need somebody who can staff properly, who can bridge the divide and start bringing some of the disaffected liberals and there's an awful lot of them right now. Or we can vote for somebody that has the highest negatives of anyone in, in modern political history. And again, I don't hate the guy. I'm not sitting here with Trump derangement syndrome. I freaking voted for the guy last time, but we are going to have to make a decision. And the choice is, is so obvious. And I think most people know it. And I think that that's why Trump has gone salted earth on DeSantis because he wants to be president again, and that's just fine, but he's done it through lies and these polls are just complete nonsense. And there is a month. We basically, when's the Iowa caucus? I think it might be a month from today. Is it January 7th, if I'm not mistaken? It's the 9th. There's basically a month and, and in a way it's less than a month because we got Christmas week and things shut down and people don't want to be thinking about politics the entire time. Uh, but if that Iowa thing goes differently than the 50 point polls prove and if Kim Reynolds, who's the governor there, is able to help get DeSantis over the hump, then we have like four days before New Hampshire, South Carolina, et cetera. And maybe, maybe there's a chance to fix all this. I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Anyway, let me talk to you guys about Enhanced Health and then we'll get to some questions from you guys. Uh, I know that you, my audience, is a no-nonsense crew and so are the guys over at We Enhance Health. Health insurance might not be the hottest topic, but let's face it, it's crucial. That's why Enhanced Health is here to cut through the noise. They get you qualified. We're talking zero premiums on health insurance for most people we speak to because why pay more when you can pay none? Dial 1-866-979-1349 and their straightforward experts will guide you through it. No fluff, just facts. Health shouldn't be on the back burner. It's time to make it a priority. Let's not talk about it, people. Let's do it. Enhance health where your health needs meet your health terms. Call 1-866-979-1349. And now back to me. All right, rubenreport.locals.com, community Q&A. We also have a couple questions in from Twitter today. Uh, Locals was going under some maintenance management, so our push notifications weren't going out. So this is the first time I've ever asked for questions on Twitter as well, so we're gonna mix it up with a little bit of both. Uh, Mila says, have you gained more friends or lost more friends since your commentary on the October 7th attack? You know, it's interesting, my my opinions are fairly well known. People know what I think about things. Uh, so I don't know that I have lost any friends since then, right? I don't think it's surprising to anyone that I'm defending Israel the way that I am and defending American values the way that I am and all of that sort of stuff. I think maybe some people have been maybe impressed or were a little bit shocked to know that I knew so much about the area and understand the geography and the history and all of those things. Uh, so I don't think that I've lost any friends, although it, I suppose it's possible I've lost some and they just haven't texted me about it. Uh, I don't know about gaining new friends, but I can tell you that I've received a whole bunch of text messages and I've got messages through my parents and cousins and friends that people that have not watched my show in a while or thought I went off the deep end or I voted for Trump or blah, blah, that they're suddenly like, oh, maybe Dave was kind of right about what's going on with the left and the Democrats and how intersectionality was gonna be really, really bad for the Jews and for America and all of those things and that there really was a problem on college campuses and it was worth talking about all those years. So. You know, I, I've got enough friends. I'm not, I'm actually not looking for new friends at the moment. I've had a nice core group of friends and, and my best two friends on this earth 
Uh, one of them, my buddy John, is is moving to Florida right now, and we met on the, when we were four years old, first day of kindergarten, 1980. Uh, and another one, my buddy Ari, we met in third grade. So I, I've had the, you know, I think that's a testament to uh, when you meet somebody and you're like, do you, how, what, you know, tell me about your friends. Like, do you have people from back in the day? I think that's a good testament to uh, to being a decent and consistent person. So I don't need new friends, but it is nice to get respect of people, uh, respect from people who maybe had lost it over the years. Uh, Wolf says, what do you think are the motives of open border Democrats? On the right, lots of people say they hate America and they want chaos, but that can't apply to all of them. Do they think they are being charitable or see it as a moral imperative? How do they explain it to themselves? I think there's a couple versions of this. So one is, I think there are a set, there are a set of Democrats and lefties and politicians who actually do want chaos because the more chaos that there is, the more that we will want authoritarian leaders and Democrats tend to be more authoritarian. So they're, they're, it's a very, very cynical and dangerous game. Create chaos on the streets so that they will see how they need us, right? It's that line uh, from Chancellor Sutler in V for Vendetta. We need to make sure they know how much they need us. So there's a little bit of that. I think then mostly what it is with like the average Democrat is they just don't understand what the issues are and they're blue-pilled and they watch CNN where they don't see the footage that we show you all the time about the people flooding the border. They don't make the connection between saying, oh, well, you know, we're, we kind of have an open border. They just don't realize that that means people are coming in. I think the other thing is that, and this is probably the biggest one, a lot of lefty progressive, these, these elite types, they wanna feel good when they go to cocktail parties and they have enough money that a lot of the stuff doesn't affect them. And that's why the, the Martha's Vineyard thing that DeSantis referenced earlier was so interesting because every day now you can go down to the border towns in Texas or, or it's really hitting Arizona right now with these floods of people coming in and nobody cares. No, I mean, you know what I mean? Like at a mainstream level, nobody cares. These, these towns are overrun. I think it was the, uh, was it the El Paso airport that the illegals took over? There's some airport down there. It's like, it's just ignored because the liberal elites don't live down there. Then when DeSantis sends, what was it, 25 people up to Martha's Vineyard, all hell breaks loose for four, for four days, right? And suddenly they do believe in borders and suddenly they don't believe in sanctuary cities and everything else. So it's their elite mindset also. And then I think another version is if you let enough people in and then you give them enough stuff, eventually they will become Democrats and you will solidify your power. So it's a lot of things at once. Uh, a Music says, how does it feel after building a successful career in what you love to do? Um, it feels pretty damn great, truly. I, I wake up every day, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm working with the people I'm supposed to be working with. Um, it has afforded me the things in my life that, that I want at a material level, like I don't, there's not, I don't really want anything else. Ma majorly, I'd like to get a nice cold plunge put in the backyard, that, that would be a nice one. Um, but like I have the things that I want, um, I, I eat good food, I'm around people that I love and, and I do feel it was a long journey. When, when we got to LA back in 2013, we had maybe, and I think I'm exaggerating, uh, maybe four or five grand between the two of us. We had nothing and we left LA, you know, a couple of years back, it's, it'll be two years next week, we left LA having made it. You know, and that's the whole purpose of what LA used to be. You go there to accomplish the dream and we did it. And now I live in a place that's in line with my beliefs and I'm every day, uh, I fight for what I believe in and I live in a community that feels like the right community to live in. And, and it feels very, and even building locals and then ultimately merging with Rumble, it was like, 
I kept saying to people when we were going into these meetings to raise money, like I was very upfront. I was like, I, I don't think this is the most incredible idea. Or like, I think it's fairly obvious that we should build this thing. We're just doing it. And everyone kind of agreed with me. I'd go into these meetings. I'd walk out of meetings and I would say to my business partner, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Everyone agrees this is a good idea. Like, isn't that a little odd? And of course it turned out to be a good idea. And it was only because I just took the issues that I was dealing with on the show related to free speech and everything else. And I was like, let's build something. And we built and it worked. And, and then there's obviously financial rewards for that and everything else. So yes, it, it, does, it does feel pretty good. I guess I don't think about it that often because when you're just living your life, you're just living your life. But that's for the question. Uh, Dump Trump says, what would you peg the odds of a Newsom Michelle Obama ticket being? Well, first off, I think Newsom took a real hit. In some ways, that Hannity debate that he did with DeSantis was a real test for him. Because, you know, everyone can say, you know, look, Bill Maher said the exact same, same thing to me that Trump said to Hannity. Newsom's slick. And they say it as if it's good. Bill Maher was saying, well, he's slick, you know, and okay, well, why do we like slick people? Trump kind of was like, he's slick. He doesn't have the facts, but he's slick. Like, I like him. He smiles. Again, the suit fits. Like, okay, congratulations. Go, go be a slick used car salesman, not the governor of California or the president of the United States. But I think he did so poorly that the powers that be in the DNC have to be reevaluating that. They have to be reevaluating. I think he still wants in. I think he would be freaking thrilled if Joe Biden fell down the stairs today and they had to figure out the maneuver to move Kamala out and then get uh, Newsom in. Um, Michelle Obama, I, you know, I know a lot of people, there's like a lot of rumors about that sort of thing. But to me, what Obama is doing right now, which is basically running this administration, from behind the scenes, which is something that he said he would want to do one day, to not be president, uh, but if he could just pull the strings. I think that's what, what's really going on here. This is just the third Obama term. So I don't even know that you need Michelle out there. Also, you just have to like, technically, like how would you get Kamala out of the way? So if Biden falls down the stairs right now as I'm talking, Kamala becomes president, right? I've called her Kamala and Kamala. See, I'm doing the best I can. I wanna be respectful of our very wise, uh, African-American female vice president, great gal who celebrates Kwanzaa. Um, how do you technically get her to move? Like you'd have to figure, you have to offer her something and she'd have to step down and like, it's just a whole bunch of stuff, but don't put anything past these people, they are evil. Dan says, how's dad, how's dad life been recently? Really great, actually. You know, the, now that they're uh, about 16 months and 14 months, you know, they, I can throw them around a little bit more, like, especially Justin, he's just a madman. He's climbing all over everything. Luke is much more like looking at you, trying to figure you out and figure out what's going on. I, you can already see, it's, it's a fun thing, seeing how they're, they're just wired a certain way from birth. And then, you know, you can fill them up with as many good things as possible and try to get them to, to like the things you like and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to play basketball with them a little bit. We got a little basketball, uh, little hoop that we put in the backyard. We, we just built this little fence thing so that we can just kind of throw them out there because they're just, they, they want to be out and about and doing things. And there's a great video, uh, maybe we'll show it next week, um, of Jordan Peterson talking about how, you know, there's so many kids now that are just told that they have uh, hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, all of these things. And it's because we put them in these schools, we sit them down, they wanna move, they wanna run, they wanna, he says uh, something like, you know, at the end of the day, that kid should fall into that bed and just be basically unconscious because they're exhausted. They have done everything they can do. So that's really what we try to do with them uh, every day. So when I'm in this studio, obviously I can't do it, but I, every day, I, between shows, I jump out there, I try to run around with them and 
Yeah, it's good, it's good. Uh, Mackenzie says, why does it seem people ignore or are ignorant of the historical context in the Palestinian-Israeli relationship? They ignore the Iron Dome, uh, the five attempts slash offers from Israel for a two-state solution, Palestinians can work in Israel, et cetera. Well, I think there's many reasons people ignore it. It's partly that generally speaking, our, our uh, education system has just failed people, failed people on basic history and facts. I think it's also because that we have just allowed, we have ceded that ground and allowed leftists to take over the institutions and take over the colleges and all of those things. Um, like the fact that there has never been a Palestinian state for a people known as Palestinians. There was no there were no people known as Palestinians, meaning a Palestinian Muslim Arab people did not exist until the 60s when it, when it coalesced around the idea basically of taking out all of the Jews. The British mandate for Palestine, which existed, um, was a place where the Jews lived. The Palestine Post, which is now the Jerusalem Post, was the Jewish newspaper. The Palestinian national soccer team in the 1920s was founded by a Jew and it was mostly Jews who played on it. All of these things. Or we can go back to the Ottoman Empire before that and we can go back to the Judean Empire thousands of years ago or the very story of Hanukkah that is being celebrated today. Um, but, but people unfortunately do not know things and um, they have been radicalized. We, I guess maybe I guess maybe even me did not realize the level of radicalization that the colleges were doing. We all kind of thought they were making people stupid and confused and whatever, um, but the level of like truly chanting for genocide and pretending that it's okay, no matter what your political, um, no matter your grievance, it's still not okay to burn people alive and rape women, no matter what, no matter how just your cause may be, and the Palestinian cause is not just, and certainly the Hamas cause is not, just at all, uh, but it's a damn shame and we have a lot of work to do. Uh, Chris says, what's your favorite Cuban dish? Personally, I love me some vaca frita. You know, I enjoy going down to uh, Little Havana over here and uh, I, I would say the Cuban sandwich, but I guess that's like the easiest thing to say, but a nice mojito, of course. I enjoy the mojito. Uh, what else, what else? The, what is it, what is it? Pan con lechen? Pan con lechen. Yes. Phoenix likes the pan con leche, but the, a, a good Cuban sandwich is just like, oh, just great. Uh, Siggy says, what was the most helpful thing to your personal life and or career that you learned by working with Jordan Peterson on his tour? Um, well, I mean, he kind of pushed me into having kids. That was one thing, but I, I will say another thing related to fatherhood and, and Jordan, um, that you know, there's a line that he says all the time about that when you have kids, it is your opportunity to have the best relationship you can with another human being. And I see that very clearly with these kids. Like when I get up in the morning and I immediately go to them and I have my morning coffee with them and like, they just, they're so open and alive and they look at you with such freaking joy and happiness. And if you think, man, if I can just, you know, like they think I'm like the greatest thing on earth. And it's like, I, I'm not the greatest thing on earth, but if I can do everything possible, to be that for them for as long as possible, uh, they will probably live a good life and we will have a great relationship. So that's, I think that's what the challenge is and it makes you wanna be a better person. I think that that's the, it's cliche, it sounds silly, but I think that that maybe is the, um, not the greatest benefit of being a parent, but like it's the most 
unspoken thing about being a parent that if you are doing it right, it forces you to be better as a person because you have to do it for somebody else, not just for yourself, and that that's good. Uh, Jay says, uh, we get why you're a Ron guy, DeSantis. Uh, obviously policies and record. I'm not necessarily asking about you, but do you know many that are supporting Trump that know, that know he's not great, he's not a great choice, but for varying reasons, uh, need to stick with him, no names. Um, this is a good question, and I will try not, I'll try not to do it with names, but I would say out of the pundit class of people, like I had, I don't think I've ever said this on camera, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say, I had one of the top five, like major famous uh, political Trump people, does not matter what his or her name is, uh, at my house like seven months ago, talking about how much they wanted Ron and how is his time and blah, 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 and that they didn't want Trump to run and it was too late and he's too old and there's too much drama, but now is like firmly back in Trump camp. And I think what happens there, and this is what I was trying to talk about at the top of the show, everyone knows DeSantis is good and he's telling the truth. It's just not gonna get better than this. I think everyone knows that in their heart. You may not agree with every policy, right? But you know like, this is the guy and that the only way we can get out of this political muck is with someone who is telling the truth and who is fighting the right fights and there is no drama. It's the only way out. It's the only way out. Um, but I think what happens with a lot of the pundit class is people start chasing clicks for one reason or another. It might be because you want the views, because you want the, the money uh, that comes with that. It might be because there's, a, there's like a certain set of people that just want to chase energy, right? Like, and the truth is the energy is behind the Trump thing, meaning that the viralness of it, the, ah, he said this, everyone goes crazy, blah, blah, blah. And that is something, like that That says something about all of us on, on the inside. I know I've lost some viewers uh, by supporting DeSantis the way I have. Um, I love it when people are like, and Ruben must be getting paid by the DeSantis people. I've never been paid by the DeSantis people or any other candidate, and I would never take money. Um, from a candidate or a campaign. I absolutely never would. I've been the most public person probably in the entire country on the journey from, uh, from Milan to Minsk, from California to Florida. My life is better because of the Florida stuff. You, you guys know all that. So I've done this because I'm fighting for what I think is right in the country. Um, even now, like backing a guy who's so, supposedly 50 points down, like what kind of idiot would I be? but I'm doing what I think is right. And if it doesn't work out, I will have my integrity intact and I will do a show the next day and, and it, will, it will be a shame for the country, uh, but I'll know that I did the right thing. And I think there's a lot of other people that are just like, they're just in it. It's a thing, it's a celebrity related thing. It's, it's a thing. And uh, well, let's just hope that things work out best for everybody. Mary says, why do wealthy Jewish IV donors and obsequious self-hating whites who get no thanks or good results from their groveling prefer wishful thinking to reality? Is it a problem of wealthy civilized cultures? You know, that's an interesting question. It's sort of related to the earlier question about immigration. Why do these Democrats vote for these things that destroy things? I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons related to it. I think most of it is people don't, we're, we're, it's, we suffer, from the goodness of modernity. For the most part, if you live in the United States or largely in the West, our lives are so good and we all have phones and food that can be delivered to us and we have distractions of video games or you, you can go out on the street and there generally isn't sectarian violence, although it might be on the way. Like things basically work. 
And when things basically work, good times create weak men. And then these weak men, they start, they, it's on their watch that the system starts to fail. And then that creates bad times. And then those bad times, of course, in turn, create strong men. But we would prefer not to go into the bad times. And it does seem like we are veering into that. When you see everything that's happening on the college campuses and on these streets and the calls for genocide and all of this, it's like, what, what reason? Like, we're all watching it like, well, this shouldn't be. But what reason do we have to believe that it will stop? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't see a reason that anyone's going to stop it in New York City. What would stop them from every day? They will just rampage through New York City. Every day they will rampage through Chicago. Who's going to stop the gun violence in Chicago? Like there's no reason to think any of these things will stop in certain places. And then there are other places, Florida, Texas, blah, 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 that they will do things right. And I think my suspicion is that if it is not DeSantis, Trump, unfortunately, is just not going to make things better. They will do everything they can to make sure that that doesn't happen. He most likely will not become president anyway because there's just not enough upside on him at this point. And if it, if it is Biden or whoever else, they will clearly make things worse. And I think what will happen is the remaining sane people in whatever red states they live in, not that they're going to pull a separatist move like in the prequels of Star Wars, but it will just become clearer and clearer. I think for me on the show, it will become clearer and clearer that the national project is infected. It's infected. We did everything we could. We sent out our best guy. It didn't work. Okay, fine. And now we have to focus at home. You will have to focus much more at a local level, and that's probably actually healthy. But we shall see, and I think there is a chance to avoid that. Uh, Fryed says, how do we try to reform more good liberals who've been duped by their own egos into tacitly complying with authoritarians? Seem like many just want to hide in their wealth and ignorance. There's definitely been a theme to the to the questions today. I would say with that one, the best you can do is calmly explain things to them. I know they usually don't grant you that grace and they'll for too long have called everyone racists and bigots and everything else. That's one of the great tactics that the left used all these years was by calling everybody bigots and racists and homophobes and transphobes. You basically put everybody in like a Russian roulette situation or you could picture like 10 people and everyone's holding a gun to someone else's head and they're all standing in a circle. And everyone's like, well, who's gonna pull first? And it's kind of like, oh, I better pull first because I don't wanna be the one shot, so I better start getting this thing going. And it's like, that's kind of what they've done. When you've called everybody bigots and racists, it kind of keeps everybody in this, in this strange hostage situation. So what happens with a lot of lefties, I've seen this, I've seen this. We had a, we had a, a friend of David's who's a lifelong lefty uh, came to the house uh, about a week or so ago with uh, with her son, and she was kind of like, Dave, I, I get what's going on here now, what, what you've been talking about, I kind of get it, and she's kind of nervous about it, and I gave her a copy of my book, and I said, read this, and I'm, I, I'd be happy to talk to you about it further if you disagree on anything or whatever, but they know that if they walk, if they walk, if they leave the left, that the same tactics will be used against them. And it's not fun to be called a racist or a bigot or anything else, but you just must be brave enough to walk into the uncanny valley. You have to be brave enough to walk through the fire. You have to do it. You have to do it because once you see the thing, and an awful lot of people are seeing it right now, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. I guess you could get a lobotomy. That's your best chance. Otherwise, you cannot unsee it and you have to walk, you have to walk, and you have to go to greener pastures, and they do exist if you want to find them. Anna says, what advice would you give to someone who wants to build a media platform but doesn't know where to start? Well, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you want to create, just start doing it. 
You don't have to go to conferences to learn how to do it. You don't have to give anyone money to teach you how to do it. Whatever you do, you make jewelry, you talk about politics, you're an unboxer, you're a video gamer, you're a, whatever it is that you do, go out there and start doing it and do not worry about the numbers. Eventually it'll come around. Like if you do something good, eventually people will start seeing it. You might do it for four months and the only person who sees it is your mom and your, and your cousin. Uh, but over time, if you are doing something good, eventually people will see it and then you start getting some more views and then the algorithm starts noticing and then there's a little more attention and then you go, boy, I, I made 50 bucks this month on ads. And then the next month you go, wow, I made 250 bucks this month. And how can I learn this? Connect with people, uh, but just, I mean, I'm freaking out, it's a Nike commercial, just do it, just do it really. Uh, hold the line or hold the wire says, what are the realistic chances that Ron DeSantis gets the GOP nomination? Look. I am, as I always say, I am a world-weary optimist. I do believe it can happen. I truly do. I have never seen a situation where one guy has said, I don't have to debate, I can constantly lie about this guy, and, and I don't have to show up and look at these polls, and I've told you how ridiculous the polls are. I really believe that if he wins Iowa, there will be a little window where people will be like, oh, there is a little blood in the water as it relates to Trump, right? It's, he's not totally impervious. And then I think it will give an awful lot of people the juice, wherever they are, in New Hampshire or South Carolina or, or whatever after that, to go, you know what? I don't know if DeSantis is gonna win, but I am gonna vote for him. I do think he's the better choice. And maybe I'm not gonna tell everybody that that's what I'm doing, because I don't want to upset my Trump friends and my Trump family, because uh, they won't take it nicely, just kind of like the leftists won't take it nicely when you walk from them. But I think if everyone just makes the choice in their own mind, because I keep hearing the same thing from people, and I get it, the people that come up to me, it's a little self-selected. But everywhere I go, I hear the same thing. I appreciated Trump. I've had it with the drama. I don't like the way he's campaigned and not debated and everything else. I love DeSantis, but can it happen? So Trump did an incredible thing and the mainstream media did it with him. They worked together on this. Could you make it so that a whole bunch of people would be like, oh, that guy who's obviously the best candidate, he just doesn't have any shot, does he? And that's why for weeks, Trump's been screaming that DeSantis has to drop out and everything else. And it's like, no, let's let the people vote. Otherwise, we will never have debates again. Now, Trump has set a terrible precedent with this debate thing because Biden will not debate. Trump, let's say, Trump had his reasons. He didn't want to debate. Now, I think it's because he doesn't want to defend his record. And I think seeing a, a competent DeSantis go against him and call out the bullshit to his face, which everyone seems to be afraid to do, uh, I think he was afraid of that. Uh, but he said it was because of the polls and he didn't have to do it. Okay, well, Biden will have his reasons not to debate. I'm not gonna debate Trump. He's an insurrectionist. He's, he's uh, got these cases going against him. I'm not gonna debate him. And then congratulations, we will no longer have debates. And you might think the debates are ridiculous and silly and often times they are, but if we have no debates and if we actually, why should we even have elections? Because there are polls and polls are good and polls are just, and this poll says this guy's up 50. Let's just, can't, we're gonna cancel debate. We'll cancel the election then we have one leader forever. Does that seem like a good idea? I don't think so. So I don't know what, I'm not gonna give you a percentage of what I think DeSantis's chances are, but I, I think he can win this, but all of us need to do the right thing and you need to tell your friends why you're doing the right thing and everything else. That is the chance. Uh, Harpocrates says, I'm a former progressive. All right, welcome aboard. That was basically forced out of the Democrat party because of the overwhelming stream of woke nonsense, anti-white and pro-Hamas supporters. Oh, wow, so you're, you're new. Uh, do you foresee more of this? And with Trump on the other end, are the Republicans missing a moment? Yes. Can we send this guy something? Let's find this guy. What was his name? 
All right. Email us contact at Ruben Report with your with your name so that I can I'm gonna sign something for you and send it. Welcome aboard. Um yes. Yes, 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 and yes, yes, yes is the answer, but I'll elaborate just a bit more. Um, there is a moment right now because so many decent liberals are breaking, and this is this is the group of people that I've been saying for years was the, was the one group of people in America that could really break, right? You've got the hardcore Trump people, fine. You've got the hardcore, crazy, communist, woke leftists, fine. And you have some moderates here and some moderates here. Those, all of those people, whether you consider them moderate conservatives or moderate liberals, they're all in that sort of like, we like America, we're not kind of crazy, we can agree to disagree, blah, blah, blah. Those are the people who are all up for grabs. Most of those people happen to be the liberals right now, right? Because the left has gone so bananas. Those people would vote for DeSantis. A lot of them cannot vote for Trump. I've heard this a million times. It is not just nor right nor fair the, the way that too many people have Trump derangement syndrome, but the fact is they do have it and they will not vote for him no matter what. And they don't wanna go through all the stuff again. Fine, you can judge them for it and everything else. But there is this other guy who just won a freaking landslide re-election here, who every, if, if it wasn't for Trump running now, everybody would be like, this is the greatest candidate we've ever had. We are the most unified party we've ever uh, had. We are gonna destroy the wokesters and the guy with dementia and everything else. And it would be obvious and great and all of that stuff. And we all freaking know it. Have I made my case today? You wanna have lunch? Do it. I'm gonna go have lunch. We got a post game show in just a second before I have lunch at rubenreport.locals.com. Clip one of my interview with biologist uh, Brett Weinstein, old friend and biologist Brett Weinstein is up. The full thing's on Locals already. We've got a new Twitter account for the show. It's at Ruben Report Show. DaveRuben.store is where you can get all your, can we put it there again? It's here. There we go. DaveRuben.store is where you can get some stuff for the family for the holidays. Again, I wish uh, those who are celebrating the Hebrews out there a happy night one of Hanukkah. Again, it is the ancient story of the Jews, those pesky Jews defending Judea, which is also where Jesus was from. Uh, that's Israel uh, from the Greek invaders. Those are the bad guys. It was the Jews defending. Okay, you got it. I leave you with Joe Biden. Let's see. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.